Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I'm your boy Buzz, and I'm joined by my dude Johnny Nani, and we are here after a five to three White Sox loss to the Atlanta Braves. Lucas Giolito unfortunately picks up another L here today. Um, it's been a rough game, rough series. Sox get swept, so you know what time it is. It's uh. It's crack'em time. Johnny, how you feeling, man? Uh, I'm feeling like crackin' them buzz. Uh, what, what you just did there, I did shortly before we came on the show. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's kind of night it is. That's kind of uh, last six games it has been for the White Sox buzz. You talk about them getting swept here. Uh, it's second consecutive sweep. Uh, they, you know, got swept at home to end that uh, series against Minnesota. And then uh, they come on the road to Atlanta. And they, it is a good ball club, but, you know, they, they cannot, uh, you know, tame the offense at all. Uh, this is the lowest amount of runs that the Braves scored um, in the series today. Still, the White Sox were not able to uh, score enough to, uh, you know, get the job done. And they did have opportunities. So that, that is what is most frustrating to me, Buzz. Yeah, it's super frustrating. You know, I mean, you have another outing where Lucas Giolito does pitch a pretty decent game. You know, he, he didn't do too bad. He, he had six innings of work. He let up four hits, four earned runs, only walked one, but he did strike out seven. Um, he let up a two-run bomb to Freddie Freeman in the first. Two two-run uh, bombs. Yeah, two, yeah, yeah. two two-run bombs to Freddie Freeman. Uh, yeah, one in the first. Yep, one in the first, and then one in the sixth. Um, and then Lucas did come right back and get him back in the in the top of the second with uh, an RBI uh, two-run, yeah, two RBI single, I believe he hit. Yes. Um, which was just awesome to see. You know, he was very hyped about it, and as we are, were we down here in the Buzz Cave? So. Uh, Unfortunately for us, you know, the Sox pick up the L. The offense just wasn't able to produce enough runs to try to help Giolito get this win. Yeah, so, Buzz, we were kind of going to walk through this chronologically. Uh, you talked about that first inning. Um, Acuna, leadoff uh, walk. There were a couple close calls in that at bat uh, that probably could have gone either way. Uh, they went in the favor of the Braves there. Um, he stole second, and then uh, Elby's lined out, so it was looking like, um, you know, <laughs> Things are looking a little bit better. You get a guy like Albies out, but then Freeman, obviously still a grinder uh, of a lineup there. He comes up, hits a two-run home run uh, that opens the scoring 2-0. Uh, and then McCann, or excuse me, uh, Giolito gets Donaldson to strike out and then McCann to line out to end that first. Um, you talked about in the second inning. It was a great moment in this game for him to talk about a positive. Hell, Lucas Giolito's bat. I, I know he wasn't terrible on the mound. He did a couple long balls, uh, you know, or what ended up doing him in in this one. But uh, at the plate himself, uh, he helped himself out because it was a two-out situation. Uh, Yolmer had walked. And then Giolito comes up in National League Park. You know, pitcher's got a hit. And Giolito did just that. He hit two RBI single, like Buzz had said, to tie it up. Um, Lurie lined out after that. But, hey, we were feeling pretty good after that one, Buzz. We were ecstatic here down in the Buzz Cave. Um, it was a nice little swing going opposite way. Giolito bats right-handed, put it out into right center. Um, nice single that, that scored the two runs. So, um, you know, I, I was happy about that. But then um, you go down further and uh, pretty quiet until the sixth inning. Like you had said, um, you, you get uh, uh, Camargo, leadoff double. Uh, Cuny strikes out. Elby's lines up. So you got two outs, and you're thinking, okay, maybe we can get out of this inning. And then Freeman's up again. What does he do? Another two-run bomb. Uh, that was 4-2 Braves. And, and that um, that does end up being the game-winning hit in this game because the White Sox only scored one more. So um, that's one thing that I'm going to start pointing out a lot. Uh, I mentioned it on previous shows, but game-winning hits. Uh, I'd like to be talking about them for the White Sox, but unfortunately, once again, it's for the Braves, that Freeman two-run home run in the sixth buzz. And, and while we're on Freddie Freeman here, he accounted for all five ribbies tonight for Atlanta. 
He had yeah. five RBIs tonight. Yep. I mean, yep. This, this he's unbelievable for a guy who's batting third in the lineup. You know, he, he's a power hitter. He's batting 301, Nani, with a 393 on base percentage, slugging 580. Hits two blasts, two two run home runs tonight, and then picks up that final RBI. I, five ribbies for him, and he was the thorn in the White Sox side tonight. And it's just, you know, you have a good outing. I know that, you know, Giolito let up two long balls, but it's still a good outing from the guy. He pitched a good game. It was just, again, how many times do we have to say we need the offense? Where is the first half White Sox offense? Yeah. Because it's been non existent. Yeah, uh, missing in action. Um, put it on the side of the milk carton. If you see it, please return to 35th <laughs> and Shields. You know what I'm saying? Um, let's move on, though, chronologically through this game. Uh, the, the next scoring came in the seventh, and luckily it was from our White Sox here. Um, Angle leads off at the single, advances on a wild pitch. Uh, Skull was pinch hitting for the pitcher spot at that point, uh, Giolito, but he strikes out, so that does us no good. Might have been better off at letting Giolito hit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from his prior performance earlier in the game. Uh, but then Lurie strikes out as well, so you got two outs. Um, Timmy walks, and then Abreu comes up, and we need him to. RBI single makes it a one-run game, 4-3 at that point. And then this is just the most frustrating part. You talk about turning points in the game. Sure, obviously the home runs end up being the game-winning hit, like I just said. Turning point, though, in this game for me is Tim Anderson's on second base after that single by Jose. Yohan Mankata's up to the plate. A guy that you absolutely want up in this situation. And you trust of, him, too. You trust him. Abreu's on first. Timmy's on second. It's a 2-2 count. Tim Anderson goes to steal third on the pitch. This next pitch after this 2-2 count. It was a ball, so this would have been ball three. But Tim Anderson gets thrown out at third, overslides the bag, gets tagged out. Um, ends the inning. Ends that little rally that the White Sox had there. Um, Buzz, my biggest gripe here is that it was a ball. Ball three thrown to Moncada, and Timmy would have been running on the next play regardless because there's two outs already. It's inexcusable. I don't see the reason on why there was a steal attempt, and it did. It put us in a bad situation, and it ends the inning, correct? Yes. So, I mean, what I mean, what, what are we doing here? It, seriously, it, it's really head-scratching. Uh, you know, the White Sox, sure, they got beat by the Braves, but they also beat themselves tonight. I, I think that is very... Uh, you know, uh, sure, they you still have to play the what-if game. Yohan Mankata has to put the ball in play. He has to get a hit there for that to happen. But I like the chances with the guy like Yohan Mankata better than Orion Gones and Adam Engel, uh, you know, Yomer Sanchez, whoever else up at this point. That is the guy that you absolutely want up. Maybe Jose Bray would be my other guy that I'd want there um, to get a hit in that situation. But he had already just gotten the hit to drive in the run to put it within one. So uh, Yohan Mankata would be my next number two guy right there uh, that I want to have up there. Like I said, Timmy and Jose would have been running full count, two outs, just standard practice in baseball. Um, but instead, inning ends prematurely because uh, Timmy tried to steal. So um, that, that's just part of the thing where we talk about, you know, Timmy Short's been great. He's been great at the plate. And you think he had another, yeah, another multi-hit, multi-hit game, uh, today. game tonight. Uh, two for three. And, uh, you know, I don't know what it is, Buzz. It doesn't seem like he's totally dialed in because I find it extremely hard to believe that that steal would have come from the dugout. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. And it, th- these are what This is like one of those things where you try to make sense of something that you can't make sense of. And, of course, we break down all these games, but I'm not going to even try to sit here and make sense of it. I don't understand it. I, are you trying to stat pad? Uh, yeah. Maybe. I, I Like I said, I, I know. Why well, do that in such a close game, though? Right. Again, I the only thing I can think of is maybe trying to stat pad because if that came from the – and, again, I don't know this wasn't there, obviously. We didn't have a camera view of the dugout. I – find it hard to believe 
that that was called from the dugout. I think that Timmy tried probably making something happen, and he got burned for it. In a situation that he absolutely didn't need to make it happen. I mean, you're already in scoring position on second base there. Um, you're going to be running that next pitch. That was a ball to Moncada uh, on the, uh, you know, because if that's a strike, it's a strikeout. That, that's the end of the inning and whatever. Still shouldn't have been going, but the, the way it played out, I uh, would have been running the next play anyway. Uh, we gripe on this all night, but uh, we'll move on. Um, the eighth, then, is when uh, the Braves added their insurance run. Um, Hecavaria, again, a guy that I talked about on Friday night, pinch hit opportunity, comes up clutch uh, with the single there. Acuna grounds into a force out, so he's out there, but uh, then Albies walks after him. That was Marshall in pitching at that point. So Bummer came in to relieve him, and so these runs are going to go to Evan Marshall, um, or this one run in the eighth inning. Freeman, like you had said, uh, thrown in the White Sox side all night. Uh, he comes up with that fifth RBI of the night on a single uh, that made it 5-3. And then that was it. Donaldson grounded into a double play, so props to Aaron Bummer for getting the ground ball he needed, but too little too late in my opinion. Um, I know we still would have had to do something in the uh, um, top of the ninth, our half there, but uh, if you if it's still 4-3, I think the mindset's just a little bit different. Uh, trying to get one run as opposed to two is a little different. Well, I agree with you. So then when you know you go into the top of the ninth inning and then you have Yolmer Sanchez, I believe, was up to, to, uh, to bat there, and then you had... Um, Adam Engel after, and then you had Ryan Goins. Mm -hmm. It took 10 pitches to retire all three of them. (laughs) And it's just, that's how the game ended. It it took 10 pitches to retire all of them. I believe Yolmer grounded out. Adam Engel suffered the same fate. I believe he had a ground out. And then Goins comes up, and he's got a full count. And um, unfortunately for him, he gets an off-speed pitch, low and away. He swings, and he strikes out to end the game. Yep. And, that, and that's all she wrote. That was all she wrote. Uh, one thing I do just want to backtrack on, um, we're talking about the White Sox. Sure, that seventh inning was deflating with Timmy getting thrown out there. But in the eighth inning then, you know, Mankato was up to the bat in the seventh when Timmy got thrown out, so he gets a fresh count when he comes back up in the eighth inning. Um they go down one, two, three, and that with the heart of the order. I talk about being opportunistic. Perfect time to be opportunistic with the heart of the order up in the top of the eighth for the White Sox. Mankata, McCann, Eloy go down all in order, no, no damage at all, and um, at that point the game's over even before the Braves come up in that inning, uh, honestly, in my opinion, because you just look at you listed off the guys that hit in the ninth inning for us, so um, it's frustrating. Their big guys get it done. Freddie Freeman's one of their big guys. He gets it done. We've seen Acuna. We've seen Albies. We've seen even the, you know Donaldson. He walked four times on Friday night. Any of their big guys get it done, and then even their supplemental pieces get it done. Our big guys can't even get it done. Right, and I mean, even honestly for Atlanta, before his uh, heel injury, Dansby Swanson's been doing it all year. Yeah. I mean, so many guys in their lineup that just get it done, and it's just you you get that glimpse of what you could be, Mm -hmm. and I think that's why this one stings me a little bit more. Yeah. If that makes sense. You know, it just drives me insane that we can't capitalize when we got runners in scoring a position, and then we make boneheaded plays. Like Timmy trying to steal third. Yeah, it's just inexcusable. That's all it is for Tim Anderson there. And I do think, I think he's just not mentally dialed in. Um, That is the only excuse for it because he has all the athletic ability in the world. But, you know, you got to remember, it's not like he's stealing second there. He's stealing third. That's a shorter throw. Just pure dimensions of the field. Shorter throw for the catcher. It's a ball, so he's got a clean throw. It's not like Mankata's swinging away at that one. Um, It... Timmy's just not focused. I think that is it. I know you could argue against that by him having so many hits. Uh, led the league in hits, yeah, in August. Yep. And then continue that with two more hits tonight. That's great to see at the plate. But you got to have this clicking on all facets of the game. Um, 
just gotta gotta be mentally in it. That is literally all I can say. We could sit here and harp on it all night, but Timmy's just gotta maybe he's checked out already because his team's not competing. Um, maybe guys like Luis Robert, Nick Madrigal coming up would make these guys focus a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the solution here is, Buzz. But either way, they, they gotta tighten it up mentally. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're we're, we're losers six in a row right now. It's not it's not great, Bob. And maybe the team, like you said, mentally is just kind of like, oh man, whatever. You know, we'll, mm-hmm. just let's get to the end of the month. Like, well, let's be done with this, and and we'll. That's what know, it feels like. Yeah, and we'll come back next year. And it's just so exhausting to watch, to see this team just day in and day out not perform, and especially like you said, what you alluded to earlier, the big guys not perform up to the level that we know that they could perform to, mm-hmm. and make boneheaded plays and just basically beat yourself and that's what happened tonight so i as far as this one goes i've got nothing left because it was just a it was a letdown unless you got anything you want to touch on and listeners that is what really grinds our gears on <laughs> to monday's game uh september 2nd uh, of course the only call-ups that we have are uh carson fulmer and manny banuelos for the time being uh the charlotte knights still have one more game uh to finish up their four game series in uh norfolk so they said we weren't going to see anyone you know the charlotte season they were going to wait till that ends to make decisions on any call-ups um fulmer and banuelos are technically on rehab stints in charlotte so those are the only two that came up um as part of these call-ups meanwhile teams like the dodgers and everyone else on the face of the planet's calling theirs up but you know that's just how it goes here so anyway uh on to monday um white Sox 710 excuse me 610 central time 710 eastern time they're at cleveland uh so 610 central time start um it will be ross detweiler for the white Sox, two and four six four five era 40 strikeouts on the season against aaron civale civile Uh, we're terrible with pronunciations here at Socks on Tap. It's so Cavale. Cavale. I don't know. <laughs> one of if you pick one of the three, and maybe we'll run a Twitter poll and see how it's pronounced. Um, the phonetic <laughs> spellings, but either way, uh, pitcher going for Cleveland. Uh, I'm going to say Savale. Um, Two, two and three, one nine six ERA, thirty strikeouts. Um, fresh off a win. Uh, fresh off his first win since June after holding the Tigers two runs over seven innings on Wednesday. So um, he's got a .75 ERA at home, progressive field, where we're going to be playing him, Buzz. Uh, this will be the first time the White Sox are seeing a guy. Oh, lovely. The narrative continues. Yeah, let's just dive into that about how the White Sox don't hit well off pitchers they've only seen once. So with that being said, we do have Ross Detweiler on the mound. He's got a 2-4 and four win-loss record with a 6 0.45 ERA. He has 40 strikeouts on the year. Ross has been serviceable. I'll give him that. He's been all right. He's been better than the other revolving door of guys that have been with the yeah. White Sox this year. But on this downslope that the White so- or that the Sox have been on right now, I, I don't have much faith because mm-hmm. Cleveland's been play- playing a very good brand of baseball lately. Yeah. Um, I mean, Cleveland, they're an elite team. Uh, 79-58 on the season. Um, you know, they had made that charge. They were down a decent amount of games to the Twins earlier, and they made, they made a charge back. Um, you know, uh, they're a tough lineup, too. You, you got guys like Francisco Lindor. Um, you know, Yasiel Puig is now there. I think Is this going to be the first time that we're seeing the Indians with Puig? I, it's the first time that we're going to be seeing them with Puig and Fran Mil Reyes. Those guys are two huge power hitters that usually bat um, five, five and six in that lineup. Um, 
I mean, and, and we know what Puig can do. And Framil Reyes, I, I believe if he hasn't already, he's damn near 30 home runs already this year. He spent a lot of time with San Diego before the trade uh, deadline, and that's where he came from. Uh, he, power hitter. I mean, up and down this lineup are guys that can get on base and then guys that can drive in the runners. So it, it <laughs> we got to be on our A game. Yeah, that's going to be tough for us. While they're on the mound, like you said, uh, serviceable. I think that he has in some starts has looked rough in uh, others. So, um, God, I just want him. I want the bats to come alive. So uh, even if Ross does give up some runs, which is pretty inevitable, um, it's going to happen even in wins. He's given up some runs. So um, the, the bats need to come alive, and the clutch players need to end up doing it because, um, sure, it's great when we talk about a guy like Lucas Giolito getting a hit, but I would much rather see that offense come from Yohan Moncada. I know Jose Abreu did have an RBI single in this game tonight, so that was good to see, but um, I'd like to see more from him. I'd like to see a bomb from him. I My pick the click for today was Eloy. Um, he did not do me well. Um, I was hoping that he would hit a bomb out of uh, SunTrust Park tonight was not the case. Let's see it at Cleveland tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this just all comes down to something that we've been saying on the show, the tale of two teams, uh, first half White Sox against second half White Sox. If you look at it in the first half, going back and listening to some of our episodes, recapping the games and just shooting the shit about it, it was if our starting pitchers can at least hold uh, the opposing teams to three to four runs, we're likely picking up a dub. Mm -hmm. Now, if they do that, we we're not winning still. Because our offense isn't really producing that much, so no. if they don't produce, it, it's over. Period. Point blank. Period. It's it, it, it's over. It's over before it begins. So the bats need to come alive tomorrow. We need to really look towards that heart of the order to start making it happen. And and that's yeah. that's that's it. And, I mean, it's it's as simple as that. And you we were going to talk about you know some keys to the game before we get into our picks to click here. I, I want to see Tim Anderson bounce back and show that he is dialed in. He is focused on this and he does care. And I know we I, I know he does, but there's just some sort of lapse in there. Like I'd said, maybe they're a little bit checked out because the team's not competing. We're getting into the last month here. Oh, let's just get through these final however many games are left and you know be done with it. Called in the off season. It, um, it's like I want to see him be checked you know. in and dialed in, you know, do what he does at the plate, be sound fundamentally in the field, and clean up the base running stuff, man. Right. It's a tale of two things here. It's either he's checked out or he is trying to do too much where he's putting his team in a bad position. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to hope it's the latter. Yeah. You know, but, again, put the bat on the ball tomorrow, get on base, score runs. That's what we need to win. Obviously, we need Ross Detweiler to go up against a very good offense here in, in Cleveland to, yeah. to do his job as well. But we need to get back on the winning track because ending a season like this, losing and losing and losing, doesn't spell good for the next year. I don't care what anybody says. I know there's a whole no. offseason in between, but it's still. you got guys defeated and questioning themselves and questioning the direction of what this team's trying to be and what they're trying to do. Yep, absolutely, Buzz. Uh, I love Jose Abreu's quote, you know, 2020 season for the White Sox starts September 1st. Um, well, today was September 1st. A uh, new series, hopefully that can, you know, new location. They're in uh, Cleveland tomorrow. Hopefully that can uh, sort of, uh, you know, reset some things uh, with them. You know, no off day, so you just got to get right back at it. And like you said, <laughs> you got to put runs up. That's the bottom line here. So uh, let's move into Picks to Click. Who are Picks to Click brought to you by, Buzz? They're brought to you by SecondCityPicks.com. That's SecondCityPicks.com, and you can follow them on Twitter at SecondCityPicks. Super simple to use. Just go to SecondCityPicks.com, you enter in your email, and you pick either the score of the game, the runs, the combined runs, whatever they're doing that day. You enter in your email, and you can win a free 
gift card to a fine eating establishment in the Chicagoland area. Again, that is at secondcitypicks.com. All right, so for my pick to click tomorrow, Buzz, um, I'm going to go with a guy who rarely looks like he's checked out. Sure, there are moments, the ball in left field uh, on the single that came to him on Friday night, but uh, usually he's giving it his all, 100% all the time. That is the leadoff man, Lurie Garcia, my guy. i uh, got to go with what I know through these hard times. Uh, Lurie Garcia, pick to click. How about you? Uh, Yoan Mankata's been struggling lately, so we're going to get into an interdivision game, and I'm going to go Yoan Mankata tomorrow. I think he's going to turn it around against Cleveland. He, he, Yoan Mankata, he loves... And we, he's uh, going up against a right-hander tomorrow, so he'll be able to bat from the left side. Um, he loves pulling balls out to right field in Cleveland. We've seen it a couple of times this year, and they've been some mammoth shots, so I like that pick a lot, Buzz. Yeah, I, I just feel like he's going to start clicking again. You know, they were even on the broadcast today, they were saying that he's been struggling a little bit and whatnot, and um, I think that he's going to come out tomorrow. I think he's going to be effective, whether that's a couple base hits or, you know, he drives in a run or two. That's what I expect out of you on Makata tomorrow, and... He showed up when he's needed to for the most part this year. He's been very good, mm-hmm. so that's why I'm, I'm taking him tomorrow as my pick to click. Yep, love it. Uh, like I, we had talked about, seeing the heart of order get back into it, uh, be our run producers. That's what we need tomorrow. Hopefully, Yohan Mankata is a driving force in that buzz. That's all I've got. It was great hanging out with you, watching the game, even though uh, the result was not what we wanted. Um, always a good time cracking them in the buzz cave with you. Um, good times recording in person, so we're not over a laggy Skype call. Um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, good times. Uh, even though, you know, Buzz and I, we talked about this too just a little bit. I'll get a, one final word in here. Um, you know, as much as we criticized and we got some Twitter interactions from the, the Sox on Tap account, if you follow us, you may have seen us uh, going back and forth with one person who, when I pointed out some statistics about the White Sox not walking and striking out fifth most in the league, um, we only do this because we care. Um, and we're not trying to be nitpicky and be super negative all the time. I know we joke about me being the negative Nani, all that. Um, it's frustrating. It's easy to be negative when you're, you know, six games lost in a row. But we wouldn't be doing this. We wouldn't be podcasting after every game. We wouldn't be looking up stats on how this team can be better um, if we didn't care. And we love the White Sox, so that, that is just my bottom line. If anyone listening to this ever gets the notion that we are trying to, you know, uh, discredit anything that any anyone does, uh, we'll call it out when it's good. But unfortunately, there hasn't been a whole lot of good lately. Um, so we're just here because we love the White Sox. I think and the I think loyal listeners it. know yeah. that we're not we're not. I'm just going to say we're not water carriers by any means necessary. I'm not going to applaud everything that this franchise does if I don't agree with it, and there's no reason to right now because of the performance that we've seen on the field and the product that's on the field. Number and, one, and their reluctantness to call up, uh, you know, the the prospects. Right. Like when a guy like Jose Abreu, your clubhouse leader, so to say, I'm doing finger quotes for the listeners that can't see me. Buzz can. Um, you know, your, your clubhouse leader is saying things like the 2020 season starts because we want to get these young guys up and get experience at the big league level. So right. That's why it's just frustrating to us, and that's why we harp on that stuff so much. But we just think it's important for the future of this team. That's right. why. Now, I love this team, man. That's why we spend all this time watching four, three and a half, four hour games, you know, recording it on tap right after is because we care. We want our team to win, and we're going to question it when we don't think that the direction that we're going is is good and that's just point blank period um other than that it was great hanging out with you tonight nani cracking some beers eating some good burgers and uh you know just watching baseball and some college football so i mean I, it's always a great time man and for everybody listening be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for other chicago sports literature and podcasting needs checking out socks on tap and all the other podcasts that uh we throw out on our platform here so thank you and uh that's all i got man so white Sox forever white Sox forever